0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Anyway, so being established. Now, the the, the person that in the Bible, I think is one of the most exciting ones that I can see. One of the best descriptions of somebody who is established in God is in Psalm 1. Now, I got to talk a little bit fast because otherwise I'm not going to get through my stuff. So just stay with me. Just get into your little mode of I'm not tired. I'm actually very excited because I think it's one of the most important messages that you will hear, I believe, this year. I'm so excited about it. I'm also going to give it tonight. So if, you, if you kind of like can't cope if you want to hear it again, you can come tonight. Because it's just a church, I believe, a message for the church right now in the season as we go through the 10-year mark into the next 10 years. Psalm 1, what delight comes to those who follow God's ways. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to read this together with you because it's good for you to stand, get the blood flowing a bit more, also for you to speak it out. As you speak it out, you also believe it more. So let's just do it together, this scripture of Psalm 1 in the Passion. What delight, here we go, comes to those who follow God's ways. They won't walk in step with the wicked, no share the sinner's way. Nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. Their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in his true revelation of light. They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree, planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit. In every season of their lives, they are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. But how different are the wicked? All they are is dust in the wind, driven away to destruction. The wicked will not endure the day of judgment, for God will not defend them. Nothing they do will succeed and endure for long, for they have no part with those who walk in truth." but how different it is for the righteous. The Lord embraces their paths as they move forward while the way of the wicked lead only to doom. Lord, bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, this was actually the, the psalm that we had for our wedding. Catherine and I are married enough 30 years last December. And uh, this was uh, on our run sheet uh, when we got married. We just love this scripture uh, so much in, in our lives. And it's amazing that this person is established, you can see, in two things. One, in the ways of God. You see it here. What delight comes to those who follow God's ways. And the other says, it says, and who are established in the word of God. The ways of God and the word of God. It says here that pleasure and passion is remaining true. To the word of I am, meditating day and night. So they will be standing firm, which is being established, as a flourishing tree, which talks about fruitfulness, planted by God's design, deeply rooted. Everybody say, deeply rooted. We are deeply, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, which talks about the river of God, bearing fruit in every season of their lives, talks about fruitfulness. Again, they are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, and ever prosperous. Do you want to have a prosperous life? Do you want to have an abundant life that Jesus talked about, John 10.10? That will give you life more abundantly. Well, if you have that life, what does it talk about here? It talks about having the ways of God and the Word of God in your life. It makes you prosperous. It makes you do well. It makes you have a good life. I love this in the Amplified. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God. Amazing, isn't It's is the man or person, woman, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked following their advice and example. No stands in the path of sinners, nor sit down or rest in the seat of scoffers. The ridiculous, or the ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's the ridiculous, probably. ridicule, you know, but it looks like it's ridiculous too. Um, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law precepts teaching, and he habitually meditates day and night. Everybody say habitually. It's a great habit to have that you have habitually, that you are habitually reading the Word of God. It's actually a really good habit to have in your life. Every day, reading the Word, meditating on the Word, meditating on Him, have a habit of reading the the Word. Because when you do that, you will find fruitfulness in your life. Because the Word is alive; It's a lamp unto your feet. Feet. It helps you, it guides you, it strengthens you. There's so much truth in it, and the truth will set you free. It's just amazing. It's amazing how few people read the Bible, though, during the week. It's really. But the thing is, though, the Bible, let's have a passion to read the actual Bible. See, Jesus talked about being fruitful in John 15. I'm going to have a little review of last week, but some of you are not here. You need to hear it anyway, and you haven't watched the, the thing. And so it says here, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can't do anything. You know, it is such my desire, and hopefully it's your desire too, that my soul passion, that my soul joy, my soul life, my soul pleasure and delight is Jesus. Jesus. And my sole pleasure is spending time with him and reading his word and abiding with him. It's amazing. It's a beautiful word. I know it's a bit of a Christian kind of old word in some ways. But abiding is such a beautiful word of abiding. It is intimacy. It is fellowship. It is talking together, spending time together. That he is your life. He is your source. He is your protection. He is your everything in your life, your comfort, everything you do with him. Abiding, spending time with him, talking with him. We live in such a fast paced life, and so many of us don't even stop sometimes to think and to pray. Now, the good thing is, some people got to drive the car, so often it's good. But even then, people have to have the music off and texting or legal stuff, you know? You know? I know, I see it everywhere. You see next door, like, they're lucky I'm the policeman right now, you know? It's like, there's all these people. And they look up, like, uh, you know? Have you had that? You've probably been doing this yourself, right? Sure, Christianity 101 is spending time with God. But it's amazing how sometimes we don't spend with God. It's amazing how sometimes we have the living, the the, the God of the universe living inside of you. This amazing person who is just absolutely blimmin' awesome, right? Living, and some people don't even talk to him. It's just amazing how we can do this. I'm amazed that sometimes I see Christians that are filled with godliness, but they live like atheists. I know, it's tough. That came to me. It's not me. The Holy Spirit said that to me. I said, that's tough. I said, no, it's true. Because the thing is, they're filled with godliness. If they're a Christian, they're filled with righteousness. The power of God in this river is in their lives, but it's not affecting them at all. They just live like atheists because there's no difference between that neighbor who's not a Christian and there's a Christian. Where's the difference? I just believe. Really? The devil believes too, you know? The thing is though, where is the difference? Where is the difference in our lives, you know? We can be filled with righteousness, but live completely unrighteous, right? It can be no effect at all. It's just amazing sometimes what happens. We can be born again of the spirit of God, but we don't go to God to ask him the questions of life. And say, Lord, what do you actually think about this stuff? Hey, I'm in pain, I need some help. Will you bless me and prosper me and strengthen me? we go, first we go to the ice cream, you know. We go to TV, you know, watch a TV series, or go gambling or whatever you do, play games endlessly. Oh. Instead, of, instead of trusting God, and is spending time with God, sometimes we just live as if he's not there. It's just amazing. These simply are, surely are the normal Disciplines of a Christian life, right? I had two more lines. I know, it just came from the Lord. It's amazing how many Christians are filled with the river of God, but they never jump into it. They're filled with the river of God, which is behind your belly button, but they never swim in it. They never even sometimes dip into it. It's there. But how much is it affecting Him? How wet are they really getting with the power of God, the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, everything that God has for us? I've got one more. It's amazing how many Christians are filled with the fire of God, but how few burn for Him. I'll say it again. How many people are filled with the fire of God? Jesus says, I will baptize you, the Father baptize you with spirit and with fire. Fire. God's life is fire. He's a burning bush. It's a cool fire. But it's fire, it's powerful. But how many of us are filled with the fire of God? But nobody can see you burn. I heard about the story today. Somebody said to me, she says, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hidden Christian. Really? Somebody said to me, I knew that I was working with this person, and it's not a Christian. So he's a Christian. I didn't know, like, for I don't know how many years, they were working together. They didn't even know it was a Christian. I'm a hidden Christian, secret Christian. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't see it in the Bible. I mean, come on, Jesus is, is public. It's like, you want to light, you know, shine your light to people. People want to know. I know you can be careful sometimes. I get that. But surely there has to be some effect, there has to be some burning that people say, there's something about you. I heard a story the other day that said, there's something about you. There's just this joy around you. You don't get flusters as much as other people. There's, what is this in your life? That's a good question. That the fragrance of Christ is actually showing through your life. It's amazing having Jesus here as your roommate, but sometimes you don't even meet Don't even knock on the door. Hello, Jesus. I'll tell you, I'm talking to myself too. It's a very powerful word because I really want us to get together with Jesus. Because that's where the life is. That's where everything is. And even for me, I've also been running, 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 running. I got tired. Last week I was not doing that well. Catherine and I both struggled with a few things that are going on. We said, well, what's going on here? We felt attacked by, by, the, by the church here. People said there was witches in the church and the clairvoyances and all kinds of stuff. A dead burden, black burden, for all the things. And people talking behind our back. ugh. I said, what is on earth going on? We haven't had this for 10 years, as far as I can know. And suddenly these things are here. What is going on? And so the thing is, though, you can either open your heart or not. Eric Johnson was telling about that He's been leading with his mind most of his life, right? Eric Johnson, Bill Johnson's son. And he shared at the conference in the North Island. You were there. Five of you went there, right? And he was in tears. He said, "I've I've got to learn to leave with my heart. But that's really hard. How on earth do you do this? Not only that, people walk all over your heart. It's the hardest job for Catherine and I, is people pain. People actually walk over your heart. Because how can you pass and not open your heart? You've got to love people. So how to protect each other is one of our biggest things that we have to, our self-care is in, in that area. Right? But the thing is though, it's opening our hearts, it's being, you know, <clears throat> sometimes there can be such a disconnect between what we believe and how we behave. Such a disconnect between who we are and how we live. And so God wants to us, our lives to be filled with some really strong habits. Some really strong habits that match our life in Him. Because sometimes we do some really bad habits that don't look anywhere near Jesus, right? And they actually will be, you know, repulsive to Him. The habits are very important. I talked about last week, you know, when you... When you repeat something all the time, it becomes a habit, and a habit becomes your character, and your character becomes your destiny. And so the thing is, though, good habits are going to give you a great destiny, but bad habits are going to take you down. You know, we see it all over the news all the time, but we know, we know stories, I hear stories all the time of people, you know, it's also good, 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 bad. And the thing is, though, that one bad one taking the person down. Now, we all have them, but the thing is, though, I really want to say to you, I don't know what you're doing this week and how you've been doing after my talk last week. If you've been looking at some of your habits, you know, your life, because it actually will change your life. To have good habits will actually change your life because good will come out of your life. You reap what you sow. This is the way it is. You reap what you sow. And so, and so, and so, even, even, I'm really, I'm really smart. You know, I think, well, you can be really smart, but your thinking doesn't necessarily meet, you know, kind of, you know, line up with his thinking. His ways are higher than your ways. Yeah, but I said I really feel right about this. I like that girl more than my wife. I'm leaving my wife, really. People do it, you know. So we have to have some framework that is around your, your life about how you feel, how you think, and how you make commitments, how you do stuff, right? And that framework has to be around your values. What do you value in life? And I said last week, my values are God first, family second, and our church family third. It has to be that way. And so my time efforts should be in that way. They should be appropriate in that way. My relationships, my financial commitments, my whatever has to be in that zone like this. God first, family, and church after this. And so then my habits are formed around the values that I have in my life. So what are your values? What are my values? I mean, of course, the Bible is a value, really, you know, as a Christian, right? So let, let's take the Bible as a That's As I said, the man who prospers, the person who prospers is the one who does the ways of God, the word of God. When we, when we live like that, we will start to prosper. Why? Because we'll do the right thing. And God is behind those things. He loves those things. He'll give you a little push into those things because he likes those things. He'll try to pull you out of the other stuff that you're trying to get into. Huh? It's very quiet in here. <laughs> Thank you for that life. I like that. It's too, it's too serious we love you. it's very serious <laughs> so habits we have to have important habits now important habits of the christian life i said last week very important habits. number one should be what see how much you listened god, god. but one that I say last week one of the disciplines one is god. prayer thank you the second is reading your bible third is going to church fourth is Serving in some ways, 50s, oh, we didn't do 50 last week, but it could be, could be giving or something or finance whatever. The thing though, but number one, two, I'll talk about number two, prayer, oh, sorry, the the, the Bible, very important. Word of God, lamp to your feet, get into the Word. But today I want to talk about the most important one, it's Prayer. Prayer. The most important one is prayer. Luke four sixteen, 16, you see Jesus, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And Sabbath day he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. Jesus had all these customs and these habits that he lived by. One of them was to go to church every week. Now, I don't know about you, I love going to church every week. I know that you don't because you're not all here every week. <laughs> Too close? <laughs> Some of you are. This is amazing, like I'm planting them. I mean, why wouldn't you go to church unless you're somewhere else, you know, in the sense of whatever, you know. It's the best place you could ever be. The Bible says don't, you know, not go to church. What does that say again a beautiful scripture? Don't forsake the, the, the gathering of the saints, you know. Of course, life group too is fine. But the thing is a church, in church you get encouraged, you hear the word of God, you get this amazing people from Australia come and worship and, and pray and something. There's something about the, the thing together which you don't get on your own. And so it's important that we commit ourselves to getting together. But prayer, his habit was here, Luke 15, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You see throughout the scriptures that Jesus would walk somewhere and he would pray. He would spend time with his daddy. He couldn't do all the ministry, all the the demands of him, doing good, all the stuff, all the time. He couldn't do it without spending time with God. He has such a habit of prayer, of spending time with His Father. We are called to have such a beautiful habit in our lives and so build a great life in our lives. You see, all the apostles had these habits. All the great men and women throughout history, even the Christian history, you'll see that they have the best habits. It's things like this. People like Smith Wigglesworth and those kind of guys. Incredible. What a commitment to prayer. Billy Graham. Unbelievable. I to you about Bill Johnson last week. I didn't know that because Eric Johnson talked about this. All the stuff is happening now around the globe uh, through Bethel alone, just that ministry. But it will happen 40 years ago. They prayed for six years I hear, when they were young. They had kids, put the kids to bed at 8 o'clock, and then they would pray from 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock a.m. They would pray for the world. They would pray, they would pray, they would pray. I'm so challenged by this, you know, because I don't. I'm not a great prayer. I'm very honest with you. I'm a great doer. I'm a great Martha. I'm not a great Mary. But I want to learn to do that. I'll do some, but I'm not great at it. Now, some of you are kind of intercessory type people. That's amazing because you are very good at it. It's also part of your call, which is amazing. But all of us, we can't get away with not doing it. I'm not an intercessor. I'm not going to pray. You know, I'm going to spend time with God. No, we all got to spend time with God. I do, you do, but I think we need to do more. I think most of us will probably don't do enough. We often don't have kind of a habit of prayer in our lives. Jesus calls it a daily event. Look at this. when when when, When the guys, the disciples ask him, how shall we then pray? He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. The first five things he talks about has nothing to do with the disciples. Has nothing to do with you and nothing to do with me. The first five things. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is all about him first. Because he knows when it's him first, all the other things will start to be ordered in your life. So when we pray in the morning, when we come five, ten minutes, whatever time you have, you're going to pray. You don't start waiting and say, Lord, I really need this thing today. No, he knows you need this thing today. What you need is his power. What you need is His peace. What you need is His wisdom. What you need is His joy. What you need is something because you don't know what's going to be at your life. You don't know the train that's coming at you that day. Some things you do know what's going to come at you, but some things we don't know. And so we need to spend time with God in our lives to be ready for this thing that's going to come to you. That disappointment, that person who says, man, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right? So we need to do this kind of stuff, right? Start with Him. Start with worship not about being self-absorbed about my thing. No, it's all about Him. I love this in the, in the Passion Translation, Matthew 6, same thing. Pray like this. Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the, look at this, may the glory of your name be the center on which my life turns. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause every purpose to be fulfilled on the earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider, as uh, of all as we need, uh, of all we need each day. Isn't it amazing? I mean, if we can all live this way. If we can all live this way. Lord, you, your glory, my worship with you is the anchor, is the rotation, is the center of my life. I tell you, we'll be a different people. I think even other people would see the difference in you. Instead of being rotating around your disappointment and rotating about your mishaps, rotating about your whatever stuff. You start rotating around Jesus. And it's amazing when you're rotating around Jesus as the center that you are built up and new life comes to you and strength comes to you in every way. Believe it. I was so down last week. I had some things. Me even, my number one positivity, right? Even I got down. Well, that takes a lot to get me down, you know. I'm not down, down, but it was like, you know. And so I said, Lord, I said, you know, I never get really down. It's not possible in my life. Um, the thing is, though, I said to I said, Lord, I said, I said, I need something. You know, I, I, you know, so many things going on: funeral, wedding, and stuff happened. And and so I said, Lord, I need strength. I said, just worshiping. I started to worship Him. You know, just a few minutes. You know, of just worshiping Him, I put a little CD on. With Izzy, You know. I said, Jesus. Honestly, five minutes. I was in a completely different realm. And that's exactly what happens. Because God wants us, hello, be your name, your kingdom come. Where we get the kingdom come, it's not like you're coming here. No, we actually go there and you bring it down with him. That's how it happens. So we come into that place of worship, of adoration, of presence, of dwelling. You speak in tongues for a while and you get in that realm, in the domain of the Spirit. And then you, with the Holy Spirit, start to implement the stuff into this earth. Whether it's in your job, whatever situation in your life. That's where the strength comes from. Right? Right? So that's why it has to start with Him. And it's got to be every day. It says, give me today our daily bread. That means like for today, give me my daily bread. The stuff that's coming my way today, I need to pay the mortgage today. Give me my daily stuff that I need for today. Right? Right? You don't pray at the end. You don't put your armor on after you've fought the battle during the day. I know it's hard. I know, I know it's hard for. <laughs> I know it's hard for evening persons, night persons. Like my wife, she's a night person. Oh man, in the morning, like, don't talk to me. Even Johnny, don't talk to me before eleven o'clock in the morning. You know. Yeah. Serious. Eleven o'clock, I start running at eleven. I wake up. You know. And these guys go through the whole night sometimes. You know, praying and doing stuff. I said, What have you been doing? At bed at three o'clock. I said, What are you doing? But then they kind of, you know. Anyway, it's a different life to my life, right? But the thing is, no excuse though, because when you go into your life, even if you get up at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock, I don't really care when you get up, but when you get into the day, there has to be some acknowledgement of God. Yeah. Amen? Because yeah. He'll start giving you the secrets. He'll start giving you nuances. He'll start preparing you because He knows what's coming. And so I'm talking to myself as much have talked talk to you. I said, we need to come into this place, have time with Him, that we are ready for the day in Him. Because if our output... You know, exceeds our input, then our upkeep will be our downfall. I mean, you've heard it before. I'll say it again. If your outputs on the screen exceeds your input, then your upkeep will be your downfall. Downfall. You got to get more come in than you give out. That's what I'm trying to say. Because otherwise you will run on empty very soon. Right? When I, when I talk about this, when I prepare my messages, you know, I take sometimes days you know, but not, not necessarily the whole day sitting there because I couldn't, man. I'm type A, you know, um, but, but things, that's why for me, even abiding, seriously, abiding is hard for me. I love worship and all this kind of stuff, but I have to learn to sit down. I know some of you find it easy to sit in two hours in a chair and just worship and pray and fall asleep and stuff. I just can't do it. I can't fall asleep, but I can't do the whole thing of, but I am learning to do this kind of stuff. But um, the thing is though, when, when every six minutes that I talk here, that's maybe 60 minutes or more that I prepare Through prayer, worship, meditation, reading, scripture, listening to stuff. I prepare myself the whole week I'm cooking this message. To feed you and to feed myself. And to bring guidance and to bring encouragement to you and inspiration and whatever. Just make you laugh even. You know, and it's all good. And if if I just make you laugh, I'm very happy. Just make you laugh, you know. That's all good. Make you laugh. But your output has to be exceeded by your input because otherwise you will run on empty and you will not do well. He wants us to be fruitful. When we abide in him, we'll become fruitful. Now, we will prosper in life. It doesn't mean we we'll always be like very successful necessarily or very even very, we achieve everything. I think we will do a lot of stuff, but that's not, not the world way. When Jesus talks about you'll be prosperous and you'll be fruitful, he talks about, you know, maybe actually be a nicer person to be around. Actually, be kindness is is better. People like Dan talked about, the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be there more. There will be more power. There will be more love, more peace, more joy. So you can live a better life. Whatever life throws at you at this time. Prayer is the most important thing in your life. It will serve you the rest of your life. It's the most important, number one. Number one, spending time with God. It will do you well for your marriage. It will do well for your personal life. It will do well for your business. Anything in life is prayer. I've got some examples and then I'm finished. Myself, as you know, I had a real encounter with God two years ago with Brian Simmons uh, at, the, at the Garden Tomb in Israel. And when I got a real revelation about the, the, um, the communion and, and my time with him, ever since that day it's now, it's not, I don't know how long, two years ago. I've been doing communion and every day, every day I got up, every day, wherever I am in the world, I get up alone and I get up and I say, Jesus, you, I love first. My affection is first with you and my meal is first with you. I will never change this ever in my life again. Not my wife. Not with other stuff. It's with you. And I start to pray for the people who are sick in our church. And declare the word of God. That I take communion. I've told you about this. And I'll do some another time again for, who we, for some of you who are new in the church. But the thing is though, my focus is always him in the morning. Even if it's just 10 minutes. Pray for my family always. Pray for you guys always, pray for myself in the day, prepare my heart. What we also do, that's the beginning of the day. At the end of the day, when we got married, we vowed to each other, made a commitment, a habit, that we would read and pray together every night of our lives. And we have, for 30 years now, we read every night. Every night we read something, and, um, and sometimes when it's hard, me, have sex first, and then when I read, that's, that's a bit hard. Um, because I said, do I really have to read now? I wanna to go to sleep, you know? And I said, no, I said, is that too, too much, is that too much? Okay, it's too much, sorry. Yeah. Cut it out. Well, it's life, isn't it? I'm married, I can have sex, you know? If you're not married, don't have sex, you know? If you want to have sex, get married. It's very easy, really. I'll, I'll marry you, you know, it's fine. So the thing is, though, sometimes that's a little bit hard. Because cancer. you've got to read. <laughs> really? I said, I want to sleep. Anyway, so it's just got to... So, um, but generally, we have do every day, pray together, read together in our lives. Serious, a great habit to have because couples who pray together stay together. It's just the way it is. You want to stay together? Pray together. True. We're still together. 30 years now, so, you know. And then I've got something for the church. Thank you. I've got something for the church. I I really feel that we need to pray together as a church. Actually, a word came last year through Matthew. It was last year or the year before. Uh, Last year about about prayer. And uh, when we didn't have an evening service, we actually had prayer meetings. Every month we had a prayer meeting. Uh, I'm talking about worship and prayer and just going crazy, you know, in God. You know, just, just jump in the river and just see where it takes us, you know. And, uh, and we stopped it, and we had some prayer meetings, like some prayer groups and stuff, but not really church-wide anymore. And uh, I've been missing it, and we've been missing it. I said, what should we do like this, you know? And so I really felt, um, two days ago, Catherine and I felt um, that um, we need to actually have a time of concerted prayer together as a family. And so we want to suggest that we start from next Sunday for 21 days. We have 21 days of worship, prayer, and fasting uh, through our church. We've never done it before in our church. Um, not in 10 years we've done worship and stuff, we've never done fasting. Now listen to me, for all you people who get freaked out about fasting. I'm not talking about food fasting, I'm probably not going to do food fast, I love my food too much. Um, but what I'm trying to say is what, what, what really, what the purpose of this thing is, in my purpose and our purpose, is not only for the awakening of, 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 of Christ church, the awakening, it's really for awakening for you. I, I, I would suggest that we maybe not watch the TV program, or maybe not be on your phone as long, and say I'm going to put my phone away, the next half hour I'm actually going to spend some time in prayer. It is basically purposefully, it can also be food, whatever you want to do, but do something that just spends time with Him. Then what we're going to do, so next Sunday morning, we're going to have a short message and then we're going to have a long time of worship and prayer intercession. We're just going to go for it. And then, and, then, and then every Friday after that, for three Fridays in a row, this is going to go through the 10th anniversary, but I think it's almost prophetic because that's really laying a foundation for the next 10. And then we're going to, every Friday night for the three weeks in a row, we're going to have a, here, we're going to have a worship prayer night. Uh, and we're just going to go hot. And go into it and so i'm really excited about this because um and, and why i'm excited about it is from and why it's from god is because it's not me because i actually don't like that stuff as much i love worship but prayer i'm not as good at i'm just honest with you it's not one of my i'm not an intercessor type person i'm just doer get things done you know and so for me but I'm actually very excited about it because God has been changing my heart and challenging me about this stuff so I want to put this habit into my place that God and maybe sometimes an intentional thing of 21 days or a month or whatever to put you into a routine will keep you into that routine it becomes part of your life right so I want to encourage you all of you that next week that you can prepare this week have big meals and watch some tv to blue in the face in the morning but then next week we're going to have some time that's consecrated to him whatever time it is did you like this? Yeah. It's still very quiet in the place. <laughs> See, all the promises of God, everything that we do in life, everything is manifested in our lives through prayer. It all comes through relationship. Kathy, you want to come up to start playing something? Everything about the, the enemy defeating and, and, the, and the things that are coming in your way, it all gets taken out. Even the thing that you do, you know, take captive those thoughts and make those, some of those thoughts that we have are so terrible, right? Take captive those thoughts and make an obedient to Christ. It's prayer. It's activation with God. These things have to be done in prayer. Anything it's in prayer. Hearing God is in prayer. Take takes time to listen to God. I got something that I want you to say. Do it in prayer. Jesus often said, watch and Pray. He says here, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And Peter says, what now? Could we not watch with me for one hour? Say, watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He often said, not only there, he said, often he said, watch and pray. He didn't say watch TV and pray. He didn't say, watch on your cell phone and your phone and pray. He didn't say, watch your kid's soccer game and pray. He said, watch and pray. That means like we watch him, we look at him, and we spend time in the thing, in, 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 in a quiet time in his life. And just abide with him. Pray with him. That's so powerful. See, God is your friend. But are you a friend to God? He's your friend already. But are you a friend to God? Because a friend spends time with his friend. They spend time together. They minister together. They love together. They laugh together. They have time together. They're honest about stuff. Some of the best therapy we could ever do is to spend time with him and unload stuff to him. And maybe after a while, when you sit with him, even after half an hour, this this thing gets lifted. Wow, this is so lovely, Lord. Thank you for lifting me up into this other realm. Thank you, Lord, that you are powerful. Thank you that you comfort me in those situations. And that's how it works. But it's discipline. It's something that we do in our lives. There's this is beautiful exchange. Communion. We'll do it next week. Communion. The exchange of my weakness with His power. That's why communion is so strong. There's substance to it. There's life in it. I love this in, the, in the Isaiah 40. And I'll finish with that. It says here, For those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew strength. They shall mount up as wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I told you before that waiting is not necessarily sitting in a chair for half an hour, which is good and do it. But this one, really, if you look at the Hebrew, it is twisting your life around God, twisting your life around Jesus like ivy around a tree. It's, it's our lives that He is the center of our lives. You know, I love this in the Passion Translation. Look at this. Don't you know? Haven't you been listening? Not too loud, guys. You know, Yahweh is the one look at this guys and the only everlasting God the creator of all you can see and imagine look at this he never gets weary and worn out his intelligence is unlimited he is never puzzled over what to do that's why it's so important to come into his presence because when we are with him he knows what to do his intelligence is unlimited I need some wisdom here Lord Ask God for wisdom. He gives it to you. Sometimes we just go hard into it without even asking Him. Guys, we're Christians. We're sons and daughters of the living God. We can ask Him. And look what happens. He empowers the feeble and infuses the powerless with increasing strength. Even young people faint, get exhausted. Athletic ones may stumble and fall. But those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will soar up like wings of eagles and fly like eagles. They will race without growing weary and walk in life without giving up. Divine strength is what we want. Divine strength is what we need. Amen? That's what you get when you spend time with God. When you abide in His presence. And there's no price to it. The only price you have to pay is prayer. It's just prayer. You already paid everything else. The only thing we can do is come into his presence. It reminds me of first fruits. I love the principle of first fruits. The thing is sometimes we keep running out of time because we spend no time with him. Sometimes we come running out of wisdom because we spend no time with the wisest person in the universe. Sometimes we we run out of energy because we're not with the one who is the dynamo of the universe himself living inside of you. Sometimes we run out of peace. Because we don't spend time with the Prince of Peace. Sometimes we run out of money because we don't spend time with the provider. And sometimes we start out of joy because we've not been the one who is full of joy because in His presence is fullness of joy. We reap what we sow. And I suggest, let's stand together. I suggest that we go after Him. I suggest that your mind and emotions Can be so far away from God Although he's sitting right there He's your roommate He wants to have time with you He's sitting on that bed On the other side of your room But he's waiting for you To engage with him He's waiting for you to love him back To have friendship with him To ask him stuff To have life with him All this beautiful stuff that we can Can you imagine? Christian is the only religion in the world We actually got the living God Living on the inside of you Yes. Yes. It's incredible. Even if I just remind you every week about that fact that will change your life. Remember who you are? Great. See you next week. Remember who you are? Yes. Yeah, see you next week. Come on. It's just amazing how he does it in our lives. So let's establish a lifestyle of prayer in our lives. Amen. Let's build some habits into our life that communicate, commune, abide with Him on the regular basis, on a daily basis. And let's see how He will change our lives. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You so much for the power of prayer. Father, we thank You so much for the power of abiding. you, We thank you, Lord, for the power of habit. And we pray, I pray, that over this next month, Lord, over the next few weeks, that you would infuse in us such a delight and a pleasure to be in your presence, that you would surprise some of us who have really struggled with this, how beautiful you are and how ready you are to be with us and to strengthen us and to tell us secrets about life and how we live our lives and give us wisdom and things in our lives. And so we thank you for that. Lord, I pray right now. For those who are weary and are tired. Many of us, many of us are weary in the city. Tired, life's busy. Father, we pray right now that as we spend time in your presence, that your perfect peace will just infuse every part of our lives. That the Prince of Peace would rule in our lives in every way. Lord, we've put you first, Jesus. Even in this new year, we put you first. You are first you are first and we want to be built up in you and Lord even as we gather into this 21 days of worship, prayer and fasting we pray Lord that you would just absolutely rock our lives, that you will come and meet with us in such a powerful way that we will never be the same ever again Father we also pray that this will spill out into the community Lord we want to see an awakening Lord in our city of the people who don't know you Maybe we be the passionate people who love you because, Jesus, you came to seek and save what is lost, that we would have a heart for the lost, a heart for the people who don't yet know you. So we pray for a shift even through this church, even as we go through the 10th anniversary, Lord, that the next 10 years, there's a shift, there's a growth, there's a maturity coming, a growth in our lives that we've not seen before. So we ask you, Lord, to breathe on this, on the words that I spoke, everything that we have. And maybe every eye closed for a moment, you may be here and you've never actually received this God of glory in your life. The King of the universe, yes, he wants to come into your life by his Holy Spirit. Jesus paid the price for you. Like what Dan said, the sinfulness he's been taken out, he paid for that with his own blood. The Son of God gave his life for you so that you could be clean and free. That you can have the living God living inside of you. Is anybody here, every, every eye closed, is anybody here, you say, man, I need Jesus today. I've come here, but I need to have Jesus in my life just put up your hand right now you think like I want to have Jesus in my life this is the best decision that you will ever make in your life anybody here say I need Jesus I need him to transform my life thank you so much anybody else come on anybody else wants to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior this dirty water that you saw before be completely cleaned in your life to become innocent before God righteous and beautiful anybody else Okay, let's come and just pray with this lady together. That we can stand together with her as we pray. Okay, please follow this prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you that you went to the cross for me. And took my sin. And thank you, Lord, for now cleaning me up completely. Thank you for making me a new creation on the inside. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I make it Lord of my life, and I will serve you forever. In Jesus' name.